When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today we talk about potty training an autistic child and how we suddenly found success after a year plus of trying. Welcome to Embracing Autism, a podcast for parents of autistic children seeking advice and support while spreading awareness and acceptance of autism spectrum disorder. I'm Leah. And I'm Matt. And each week we will discuss our journey with autism and talk about how to embrace your child's individuality while providing guidance, tips, resources, and sharing our personal stories. This is Embracing Embracing Autism. Autism. Welcome back to another episode. Today we're talking about potty training. Yes, a subject that I feel like is a major sore spot for a lot of parents. Sometimes it's not all it's cracked up to be. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> we're, already, we're, already, we're already starting off there. <laughs> all right. We can only go up from here. Oh gosh. So potty training is a topic that we're talking about because it is something that we've seen a lot of parents of autistic children struggle with. There's a lot of autistic individuals who struggle with potty training in general, obviously in the early years, but there are also those who end up having difficulties with incontinence as they grow older. We will not be focusing on adult incontinence because that's outside of our wheelhouse, but we will be focusing more on the earlier years of potty training and some of the things that we were able to do. In terms of whether or not your child is verbal or nonverbal, when we were potty training our youngest child, she was primarily nonverbal. She still kind of like mixed. I don't even know what to call her because she's not fully nonverbal, but not fully verbal either. She's kind of in limbo. Yeah, there's the added challenge there because like the language component, as far as like just trying to explain, you get the funny feeling and trying to explain what it feels like to have like the need to like go potty. Right. So we're we're going to be talking a little bit about that. And we're going to be basically boiling it down to the things that we specifically tried, things that our occupational therapist helped us with or recommended to us, things that worked for us and things that didn't work for us, but might work for you because I know that it's worked for other people. Okay, so let's kick it off. So without further ado. (laughs) (laughs) So when it comes to potty training, this is something that I feel like every autistic child is different. As you know, we have two autistic kids, and I will tell you the youngest of the two actually picked up on potty training fairly quickly without needing much help. She's even still progressing faster than her older sister. I think it's because she has like an interest in... I think it's because she's not as sensory averse to that sort of thing. Yeah. So like the older sister, she's a little more sensory averse and a little more sensitive to how things feel. And she also has a harder time registering her body and like understanding what she's feeling. The younger one is more sensory seeking and she's the type who wants to get into sensory play. So I think that because of those differences for the younger one, going potty is adventurous and fun. But for the older one, it's a sensory nightmare. So it's been harder to train the older one than it was with the younger one. With the older one, it seems like she has a harder time registering kind of her body feedback because usually when she has to go potty, it is, I have to go potty right now. And it's a dash to the potty versus like our youngest one. We can kind of ask her like, oh, do you have to go potty? And she'll be like, okay. And like kind of go like wandering to the potty on her own. She might not necessarily need to go as bad as her older sister, like when we ask, but she's like more willing to like 
go and try versus like the older one where we ask her right before, oh, do you need to go potty? And she'll say no. But then two seconds later, it'll be, I have to go potty right now. And then it's the dash for the door. Right. And so there's a lot of research that's gone into the fact that some autistic individuals struggle with this body awareness. I think we talked about it in season two with the senses. I yeah, believe I think, so. I think we had touched on it briefly. Yeah. Um, or season. Body awareness and spatial recognition <laughs> right. and all that. And so what kind of aligns with potty training is the fact that if your child is having some of these body awareness issues, it can delay their ability to understand or be able to complete potty training. Because if they're not able to tell that they have to go, how are they going to go? You know, like if you don't know the trigger, if you don't know when it's going to happen or where, how are you going to then accommodate when it does happen? One of the things that we've done with our kids that was successful later on is we just got them into a routine. I'm just going to go through everything that we did. And then if some of it sticks for you guys, go for it. But this is basically what we did. Initially, what we did is we basically made sure that our kids, when they were at home, we had them without their underwear so that they were basically able to kind of like... <laughs> what? Free range. Like free, go, go free range. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they were going commando the whole time. And honestly, that made it a lot easier because if your autistic child is anything like ours, they might struggle with fine motor skills or they might have motor planning difficulties, which adds another step to the complication of potty training if they can't figure out how to pull their pants down or they can't figure out how to maneuver their underwear, their pull up or whatever it may be. So we basically just eliminated that as a potential problem right off the bat because we wanted to start with getting them just to be able to associate using the bathroom with the toilet before we worry about complicating it with any of these other extra steps. Now, I think that this was the first challenge also, I mean, obviously for our kids, but also for both of us, because we were kind of following them around with like paper towels. They wouldn't have any diaper or anything. So when they had to go pee, they would just be kind of on the carpet or, or wherever they were at. I mean, obviously we're trying to direct them to the potty, but I mean, sometimes and most of the time at first they weren't making it. We were kind of following them around, kind of cleaning up. So, I mean, it is kind of the struggle because you feel like, oh my gosh, like this is kind of an uphill battle. But I mean, I think staying true to it and not breaking course where you're putting a diaper on them to kind of ease your mind as far as like, oh, okay, I won't have to worry about following them around to clean up a mess. If you're kind of staying true to it and consistent, I feel like that's kind of the biggest component to keep pushing the bar a little bit further. The other thing is a lot of people always say, well, my, my child is nonverbal. My child doesn't understand what's going on. So I can't really communicate with them the concept of going to the potty. So if your child is the type who just can't like grasp the concept, you can still get them into the physical routine. So my oldest daughter, she, she struggled with that because she had a harder time with understanding concepts and kind of being aware of her surroundings and stuff. So what you do is you bring them to the bathroom like every 15, 20 minutes, you go through the process of sitting them down. And as you're doing that, you are basically narrating what they're doing. So you're reinforcing the routine. So, oh, let's go to the potty. I'm sitting on the potty. Let's make a splash or whatever it is that you want to do. Even if they don't go, just by following this pattern and creating a routine, it becomes familiar to them so that over time they know what to expect. So we even had in our routine where we would have a potty book that we would read to her every time that she's sitting on the potty. And she was so into it that every time she'd go to the potty, she would want us to read the book. And that was kind of something that we kept in the bathroom. So every time we would go in there, we'd read it to her. It would kind of walk through different phases of like going to the potty. And sometimes you might not have to go, but then you do. So I mean, it was just kind of a routine of kind of walking her through the steps that she might go through. 
And if your kid is anything like our oldest child, there was a lot of anxiety surrounding using the bathroom initially. Like she didn't really want to do it. She kind of had a fear association with it. And so what we did is try to make sure that the bathroom was a fun, exciting, adventurous place to be. So we added that book and that book was something that could exclusively and only be read in the bathroom as she is seated on the toilet. So basically, if she wants us to read that book, that's what she has to do. Okay, you want us to read this book? Okay, here, let's sit you down. Then we can read the book. The other thing that we did is we had other special toys that she could only play with in the bathroom. So if there's like a particular toy or something that your kid is into, get them something new, something different, something I've never played with, but probably like maybe if it's like a special interest or something and have that in the bathroom. And then whenever they are seated on the toilet, just give them the toy to play with. The other thing that we realized, though, is initially our kid didn't even want to go in the bathroom. And it was difficult getting that transition because she was like, oh, no, if you're bringing me to the bathroom, that means you're going to force me on the toilet and I don't want to do it. And then she would freak out. So what we did there is at the very, very beginning, we just started off with changing diapers on the floor in the bathroom, just getting them used to the association of the bathroom is where you do all your diapering. That way they start to associate bathroom with toileting. So if you don't feel like your child is ready to sit on the potty yet, you can start with at least limiting their diaper changes just to the bathroom. Yeah, I thought that was a good shift. There was only one place where they could have their diaper changed. There was no other alternative. So that was kind of it for that. The other thing that we attempted to do, but kind of didn't succeed with, and I'll tell you why, the magnet calendar of yeah. how many times you use the potty. Like the reward chart. Right. But unfortunately, that didn't work for us because the kids love the magnets so much. Anytime we weren't watching, they were like swiping them <laughs> to go like play with them. So like it would have, I think would have worked because they were really into it, but they kind of got their hands on the magnets and kind of, that was it. <laughs> and you have to kind of feed off of your child. If your child is the type who does really great with visual rewards, then something like that with like a sticker chart or something might be good for them. But our child is more excited about physical engagement. So like she prefers things like tickles or high fives or cheering really loud. So those are the things that we leaned on to encourage her to use the restroom because those are the things that mattered the most to her. So just custom tailor it to whatever your child specifically finds rewarding or or something that they would find enjoyable. Right. And of course, if there's any way you can make it fun, gamify it, anything to get them excited about even just sitting on the toilet, even if they're not using it, just being in the same room, sitting on the toilet, just a way to make it fun. You'll be much more successful, I think. We also have a resource for you guys that you can look up on our website. If you go to autismwish.org and you hover over the resources tab, we actually have a printable bathroom visual aid there. A visual aid is something that you can keep. So you can print this out and put it in the wall of your child's bathroom. And what it is, is basically visual pictures of each step of the process for using the restroom with the title next to it. So essentially, it'll say like, okay, you turn on the lights, you pull down your pants, you sit on the toilet, you go, you pull up your pants, you turn off the light. So it's basically every single step. That way your child knows what to do. And that's really appropriate for like older kids too, who might struggle or kids who are nonverbal. You can just keep this visual schedule in there and then they can kind of learn how to become a little more independent on doing it once they've got a little bit of the hang of it before. Yeah, I think that's a good touch. Now, in terms of like 
knowing when your child is ready. Sometimes people are like, how, well, how do I know if I should start potty training my child? I can't really tell because they're not verbal or it's your first child and you don't know when to start potty training. Typically what they say with neurotypical children is there's some body ready signs. And some of those are things like, are they not wetting their diaper as frequently when they go to bed? They're no longer wetting their diaper that they were before. Are they feeling uncomfortable when they go in their diaper? So if they go, do you see them kind of like feeling grossed out by it and trying to walk with their legs all cowboy style? There's these signs of discomfort. For us, our oldest child, it took a while for her to be ready. Well, to be fair, I think we honestly had like a false red flag a year and a half earlier before we even like actually started. I think we were in the bathroom and we were basically saying, oh, do you you want to try and go potty? And she repeated back to us, potty? Okay. And then like she went potty. And we're like, oh, wow. Like On the floor. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> well, we were like completely shocked because we're like, wow. Like we, we weren't even expecting the call and response. But she was like spot on. It was like we asked a question. She said, okay. And like went and it was like just flawless. And we're like, wow, maybe you are ready for potty training. But I think that was, I mean. I'm Coincidental. Not, yeah, it was, it was It was strange because because uh, it didn't happen again or in, at least like a pattern to show us that she was actually ready. So we actually had to wait for another year until she was showing some of the similar signs that she was uncomfortable when she would go potty. Some of her diapers after like a nap would kind of be dry, kind of showing that she was a little bit more ready for potty training. Yeah, so we initially thought she was ready at that time because she seemed to understand what we were saying and the concept of it. And so we started potty training, but it took us, you know, several months of trying and we realized that she just was not grasping the concept. It took almost a solid year of trying and there was literally zero progress made whatsoever. So we kind of just gave up for a little bit, just like paused. And then we decided to go full force. And what we did is we took two straight weeks off for Christmas vacation. And we were like, you know what? We're going to dedicate these two solid weeks of nothing but potty training. And we're just going to give it everything we got. So for those two weeks, we basically were like, we're not going to do anything. We're not going to go anywhere. We're going to stay home. We're going to let them go commando. And we're just going to focus on getting them to the bathroom every 15, 20 minutes, giving them a bunch of liquids and just reinforcing the routine of going to the restroom and trying to get them to understand the concept so that it would click. As far as like giving like a ton of praise as soon as they would go in the potty praise. And then, I mean, as far as the Eminem reward, but I mean, our youngest absolutely loves chocolate. So she was so excited. So she would try to like go constantly because she just wanted her chocolate. And at first I think she just thought like if she sits down on the potty, she automatically gets like the M&Ms and we're like, no, there's another component to it to actually get there. But I think with kind of the uh, excessive praise, getting excited, and then as far as like the little reward, I feel like they started to slowly kind of catch on like, oh, okay, this is what I do. And then I get praise, I get rewards. I feel like now we're kind of in a better place as far as the potty training altogether. Yeah, and I guess we forgot to mention that, that we did offer them candy as a reward. Now, not everyone's okay with this because not everyone wants their child to have candy. So you can try whatever works for you. But we did candy specifically because our kids are never allowed to have candy. So we knew that if we got something that was super special because they could never get it any other way, we thought that would be a great way. And M&Ms in particular was something that was like super highly desirable to them because they literally never get M&Ms for like anything. Initially, we were rewarding just the sitting down and attempting. And then as they started mastering things, like as they started being able to go number one, then we would only give the M&Ms if they went number two. You adjust the reward based off of where you think your kid is at in the potty training process. 
once they kind of master one, you still have the milestone of the other component there. But I mean, it, it's not a perfect process. I mean, we still have our struggles. I think it's just the consistency and not kind of breaking course. I think we're in a much better place. I mean, the one thing I think that because our, our kids kind of troll us, is <laughs> like if they're in a nap or we put them down for bed, immediately as we close the door, we hear, I have to go potty because they know that if they request it to go to the potty, we take them to the potty. So basically, it's just focusing on the consistency so you're not breaking course or anything like that. Yeah, I definitely would say out of everything that we've learned through potty training our children, the most important thing that ended up working best for us was being consistent. So if you're not at a place where you can potty train consistently, it's probably not going to work. If you have to take some time off to just do it, even if it's over like a three-day weekend where you're just focusing on nothing but potty training, I would probably do it because that's ultimately the only thing that ended up working for us. And I think if you're not going to be consistent, then I think it does almost more harm than good because then it's this random routine that your child isn't able to grasp and they don't know why sometimes it's okay for them to go in their diaper versus going on the potty. And it just creates more confusion than just making a hard transition. Now, I know like with some kids, like our oldest daughter, she also has developed certain phobias when it comes to the bathroom, specifically with number two. So both of our kids right now are mostly potty trained. The youngest one is fully potty trained, number one, number two. The oldest one is actually only potty trained with number one. And number two has been a struggle because although she knows how to do it, she has developed a phobia, which we feel like may be sensory related. So she's been withholding. And when she withholds, she'll withhold for several days, which will end up backing up her system and then causing it to be painful the next time, which then makes her want to withhold again. So we're in this kind of cyclical problem right now where we're trying to work on making that an easier process for her. I put that out there to say, even though you are able to potty train fully, let's say one kid, it's not necessarily going to be the same for another autistic child because we trained both of them the same way and got two different responses based on two different kids. Right. So where we are in our phase right now is we're trying to rebuild a positive environment in the bathroom. So she's no longer scared to kind of go in there when she does have to go number two. So we're trying to create a way where it's a little bit happier. (laughs) Right. And, And the reason that she's gotten an aversion to it has been because her bowel movements have been uncomfortable or painful. So we're working on adjusting her diet to make sure that those bowel movements are not painful anymore. And what we're hoping and what we've been working with the doctors and therapists is that once those become more regular and she realizes that it's no longer painful, then she should be able to get back to her standard routine. But unfortunately, these are those type of hiccups that with an autistic child end up having more severe consequences than they would with a typical child. Because an autistic child has a harder time understanding what's going on. All they know is like, this doesn't feel good. I don't like it. And they don't really know how to express themselves. And they don't really understand the association, at least our child specifically. So this has been a challenge area and something that I feel like we're still actively trying to work on. Well, not to mention, I mean, even the diet itself, because with the limited food options already, it becomes a real challenge of, okay, how do we make sure she has enough of this in her diet to kind of make sure everything's situated, making sure she has enough fiber and everything. It kind of becomes a challenge where we're we're on our phones looking for, okay, what are food content that have fiber that she'll eat? So, I mean, it becomes kind of a, a challenge broadened even out that we wouldn't necessarily have to address otherwise. 
Definitely. That's something that I feel like neurotypical children don't struggle with, where our kids also have that diet issue where they're not willing to eat most things because of a sensory problem. And so unfortunately, our children really, really love the carbs and the crunchy foods and the salty things like chips and breads and pasta and those sorts of things. And those are the things that comprise most of their diet. And those are also the things that tend to back you up the most. So we're having difficulty getting her to try eating any of these high fiber things like fruits and veggies and other things. We can't get her to drink any juices. Most children love juices. We can't get our child to basically drink anything beyond water and some like diet iced tea. Just another element that uh, kind of adds to kind of the 4D chess of sorts. Exactly. (laughs) So potty training is definitely way more challenging for a parent who is working with an autistic child than with a neurotypical child. But I don't think it's impossible if there is no medical condition that is prohibiting that from happening. Right. So if your child has some other medical issue, like incontinence or something, like those reasonably are going to be more challenging. And there are some autistic individuals who end up having difficulties throughout adulthood. But if you are not one of those situations and it's just standard potty training with an autistic child and just, you know, the sensory issues, the communication issues, the routine issues, those I feel like are more workable because there are things that you can do. There are tools that you can put in your tool belt to make that easier for your child. Yeah. And I think just basically taking it like one day at a time and just focusing on, I mean, not getting overwhelmed with yourself, like, oh my gosh, like how long will this like take to kind of master just looking at one day at a time? Like, okay, like let's see how we do today. Like let's focus on, okay, as soon as she wakes up from a nap, let's take her to the potty for a little bit. We'll sit down there before bedtime, after dinner, just kind of periodically just taking them to the restroom and just standard routine. And then after the next day, just focus on that individual day. Don't get too overwhelmed. Just take it one step at a time. And I think definitely consistency, lean on that. And I mean, hopefully it'll be a brighter tomorrow. (laughs) The other thing to keep in mind is that your child will feed off of your energy. So if you're making potty training a stressful event by getting worked up or mad at them when they don't do it, kind of showing that you're stressed out about it, that will kind of project onto them and they will innately absorb that stress and become stressed or tense themselves. They can perceive when there's tension in the room and children tend to be really big sponges when it comes to that sort of like energy. So one of the things to do is just make sure that when you are doing this with your child, you're always being calm and supportive and providing them with that peaceful mood to make it easier for them. Because I mean, imagine you're trying to go and use the restroom and somebody's yelling at you or somebody's clearly upset at you while you're trying to, it's going to make it hard for you to relax and go. So that's why I start locking the door. Yeah. So I won't, I won't <laughs> bust in and yell at you. <laughs> so just like, keep that in mind. You want to create kind of like this sauna-esque relaxing vibe, pull out a favorite book, a favorite toy and make it like this nice, enjoyable, relaxing staycation for your kid. And eventually, hopefully it'll click for them. So you just described potty training for your child as a day at the spa? Well, like, for, I mean, for them. Yes. Is that, is that, okay, <laughs> that's fun. the goal. Make it a spa date so that they feel like they are in a place that's comfortable enough for them to be able to feel safe to be able to do something that they're not otherwise comfortable doing. Okay. Yeah. Spa day for them. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> And again, just stick to coming up with a routine, teaching them the routine, sticking to the routine, providing them like the visual aid supports that we have for you guys, just making sure that they know what's happening and that you're there for them and that you're there to support them and provide them with guidance throughout the entire process. 
So if you're looking into potty training, I would say go for it. If you've been doing it, I would say keep doing it. Maybe try something new. Maybe check out some of our tips and good luck. Yeah, see what works for you and best of luck. Worst case scenario, consult an OT. (laughs) Can't forget that one. There you go. (laughs) All right, everyone. Hopefully you got a little new knowledge nugget. (laughs) Knowledge nugget? Well, I I mean, we're talking about potty training. I figured it (laughs) would be appropriate. Fine, fine, fine. Knowledge nugget. We'll allow it. Fine. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. Bye. Bye. To summarize, we mentioned how providing a visual aid, routine, and a special book or toy can help your child feel more comfortable while learning to sit on the potty. We also note that a unique reward or treat can help encourage them throughout the training process. Lastly, we mentioned how scheduling dedicated time to consistently practice potty training and doing all diapering in the bathroom can help boost your chances of success. Tune into our next episode where we discuss parental self-awareness and answer questions such as, why is self-awareness important? What can I do when I'm feeling overwhelmed? And how can I become my best self in order to effectively support my child? This is Embracing Autism. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.